Welcome to We Have Permission, a podcast designed to awaken and empower the ordinary person towards one extraordinary mission. Your permission starts now. Hey, welcome to season three, where we are looking at the principles of a movement. Uh, During this season, we will look at Jesus's methods slash principles and compare them to our current Christian strategies. So before we hear from my lovely return guest, who just happens to be my daughter, I'm going to set the stage a bit. Uh, This week's principle is engage, and it's where we are challenged to take the kingdom of heaven into the pockets of the world that are dark. It's where Jesus was constantly a guest, not a host. He was found in the homes of tax collectors and interacting with sinners and hookers. But I never get the feel that Jesus has an agenda as much as he has this sincere desire to love people, even if the only place he ever sees them is this side of heaven. He didn't bring a conversion strategy as much as he brought the kingdom of peace. In his two trainings in Matthew 10 and Luke 10, he says, go to the new places and offer peace. And as I was thinking about this this week, I can't think of anything that's less offensive than peace. You know, that thing that replaces anxiety and fear and shame, right? So this is not converting us to a teaching. This is surrendering to a relational king. It's good news. It's where more and more people become citizens of the kingdom and are passionate to expand this realm of peace and hope instead of guarding and protecting it. So most of us agree with this idea, but many don't know how to proceed. Did you feel like you had a game plan already in your head or uh, did that kind of come later? Yeah, I I do think I had a game plan. I think my game plan was... um vague it wasn't super specific but I had in mind of you know what my life was going to look like that semester my life that semester was um, going to be filled with me being an RA in a dorm my life was going to be um, filled with living a lot of my time um, on the art campus which was a couple minutes away from regular campus so I knew where my time was going to be spent, and so I think my game plan was to invest where that time was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wasn't spreading myself thin and trying to love people um, when it's too hard to love them if I'm not going to see them, you know. Yeah. So my game plan was to love the people who were within those settings already. Yep. Yeah. So I, I've known you well, right, for a long time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I feel like you've always had an ability to love people and want to love people. But I think you had told me that you just felt like it was um, not maybe as focused uh, of a plan as you had before. And you had Mm -hmm. an experience down in Tampa, I believe, that kind of changed things for you, as as I remember you telling me. Tell me about that. Yeah, so part of being in Tampa is they kind of teach you or, I guess, push you to be doing um, kind of cold turkey street evangelism. Um, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember hearing that and being like, holy crap. No, like that's so dumb. I, like, everyone hates that. No one wants anyone to just come up to them on a street and just tell them something that they believe to be true. Right. Um, and, so, and for the record, I feel like I've 
probably been one of the first people to say, ah, that, you, don't need, you don't need to do it that way. Right. I mean, me too. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and part of it too was when I was in Tampa, I was leading a room of girls, um, even though that was my first summer being down there. So I was having to teach other people how to do this, even though I had never done it right. myself. <laughs> um, so that was terrifying. Um, but I seriously cannot emphasize how much that changed my life. And I think that changed the game for me um, when it came to investing in people because it gave me insight that um, I think the way that people have been talking to people on the street about Jesus is wrong. But I don't think it is wrong to be talking about Jesus on the street. Um, And it taught me to, it taught me so many things. It taught me to be bold. It taught me to ask questions. It taught me um, how to love somebody in a very short period of time. You know, mm-hmm. you only have like 20 minutes tops with these people. So how now, can I show them love in Now, it's curious to, to me that you're you're not saying how I could get them a message in 20 minutes. That's how you could love them in 20 minutes. Right. Because I think they, they're they not going to hear a word you say <laughs> if they don't feel loved. But if, if they love, if they feel loved by you, um, they're going to walk away saying, wow, that was a person who she says she loves Jesus and she also loves me. Uh-huh. Um, and I think they're just more likely to hear the message. And I, I saw that happen before my eyes. Um, and so that played out so much later when I came back to school because I'd been taught how to do all of these things in such a compact time. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt relieved when I could have a year to love somebody in a year (laughs) to ask some questions um, because it was just so much more natural, but I had been taught how to do it and do it faithfully um, and trusting the Holy Spirit, I think was a really big part of it. I mean, I would just pray for a long time before I would even go talk to these people. Um, And it just showed me the reliance I had to have on God before doing Mm. those things. Um, And it all just kind of unpacked and played out later you know, at school, because it was just so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> and I had so much more confidence in God, not even myself. I had more confidence in God that if he took care of that awkward situation, he will absolutely take care of these situations. Wow, so. that's good. So do you think it was just being out of your comfort zone that made that so powerful? Or what, what, what was it about that that was so transformational? I think being outside of my comfort zone was huge. And I think for me... Understanding how to explain the gospel was huge Mm -hmm. because I knew the gospel. It was in my heart. It was in my life. But how do I communicate this life-changing experience, this life-changing love to somebody um, in just a few minutes? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, like how to change the gospel or not change the gospel, but how to communicate the gospel in different ways to different people. Yeah. Um, and that was huge for me. You know, it's going to be different when I'm talking to a mom, when I'm at the mall and she's watching her kids, than me talking to some girls on the beach who are tanning and they're 13. Right. You know, right. so, so it kind of taught me how the gospel, um, can impact everybody at all the different levels. And I need to be able to communicate that. Yep. Yeah. And that, that can't be a kind of some, canned presentation and right. say oh this is the 13 year old version this right. is the whatever version but this this is you knowing that it's alive in you god has changed you the good news has transformed you in a genuine way and that genuineness is going to come out in a very relatable way right that's awesome yeah okay so then you get to campus and now you we talked last week you prayed 
about specific people, and you, you named two or three. I know that there was even more than that that you had prayed for specifically. But once you got to campus, what was your game plan then? Did you have like I, specific parts of campus that were you were called to, or, or how did that work? Yeah, so like I said before, it was mostly um, people that were on my art campus and my classes, you know, those are the people I was spending the most time with. And then um, people on my staff team who um, that I just worked with every day. Mm-hmm. Um, um, also, just people who were in my room, you know, people I shared the halls with. Um, really, anybody I crossed paths with, that was kind of my my target, I guess. It so, wasn't, like, super specific, but... I think one one method that seems to be very common amongst us uh, in the United States is we think, hey, let's reach the campus. Let's just reach the whole campus. So let's put up a, a sign and let's get a big worship event. Let's bring people to us and let's reach the whole campus. It's mm-hmm. like as if that's one big glob. And if there's one thing I've been really picking up and, and noticing um, is that true movements happen in smaller segments, um, affiliations maybe is what some people would call them, that, yeah. that we find different affiliations like a dorm, like I, I work at the library, like where I live, whatever it might be, uh, where, I, where I study. Um, and, and I think affiliations are probably a lot easier on campus. We have all kinds of groups and ways in which you can have a smaller segment of people to invest in right um and so i feel like that that definitely was part of your plan was thinking thinking through not how do i save the whole campus but what 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 do i need to do just with my roommate what do i need to do with personnel in the hallway how do i how do i invest in those people is that is that fair to say that absolutely everything was broke down a little bit more and i think it's fair to say that that was kind of the approach of your whole ministry Mm -hmm. that everyone's focus was a little bit more yeah, everyone's focus was unique to them of who they were and who who they naturally were, you know, drawn to yeah. and around. You've seen nine or ten different people come to Jesus, right? Like yeah. just in one year. Yeah, and it's crazy. A lot of that, not just. Well, I think I'll be a better Christian now, or I'm going to be a little more committed Christian now. But these are like some kingdom of darkness to kingdom of light transformations, yeah. from what I. What I remember. That's just beautiful. It is beautiful. So I want to hear some of those stories. So tell me tell me a couple of engaging stories. How did you engage with maybe um, a couple of different people? Um, I remember specifically um, there's one night that I was walking around in my dorm. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was after a Bible study I just had um, on the floor underneath me. And... As I was walking down this this really long hallway, I kind of came to the end of this hallway um, where the elevator would take me up to my room. Um, but right next to the elevator was um, another room, um, and it was a room of one of my fellow co-workers, another RA. Um, her name was Ashley, and her door was kind of propped open. And when I was standing there, I had one of those Holy Spirit moments where you, you just feel like you just, you just need to do something, hmm. you know? Um, and I knew I just needed to walk into her room and I had no idea what was going to happen after that. (laughs) I just had to awkwardly get past that barrier of that door. Um, and I'm not going to lie. I wasn't, I wasn't just like, oh yeah, like let's do it and walk in. I I stood there for quite a while and just stared at the door and I felt this very real tension of, do I go back to my dorm room where it's safe and... No one's going to confront me and there's no rejection. Um, 
or do I engage here? Do I engage wow. with this person that I don't really know? She was just kind of a coworker at that point in time. Um, and I could experience rejection. I could experience extreme awkwardness. I had no idea. Um, and I just took a leap of faith and I decided to engage. Um, okay. So I, so I walked into her to her dorm room and I was just like, hey. <laughs> 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 Saw your door was kind of propped open there. <laughs> um, and from there, you know, we just kind of had conversation and I ended up sitting on her floor for multiple hours and we just talked about life. Um, she's... She really intimidated me at that point. She's very beautiful, strong, um, independent, and I was kind of intimidated. Like, I didn't really know what to say to her or what I was supposed to say to her. So I just started asking her questions about herself, you know, like, what do you do? What do you like? What do you... And that evolved, I guess, to what do you believe? What do you believe about Jesus? Um, And... She was honest with me. I, I really loved that about Ashley. I, I love that about her still to this day. Um, she's honest and she admits when she doesn't know. Um, I remember asking her some questions about Jesus and she told me, I don't know. And I want to take a few days to figure it out and I'll get back to you. And hmm. I was like, well, that's weird. <laughs> yeah. No one ever says that to me. Um, and so, so we did, and that kind of evolved into a friendship where we'd meet up every week before staff meetings um, um, and talk about life and about Jesus, and she's she's kind of stubborn, and I asked her, you know, like, will you come to this conference with me? You know, it's about God, and you can learn more about him there, and she was like, ah, it's weird, like, we're not really friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she, she did, and... And it was awesome at that conference, actually, she she was faced with a lot of hard questions that we asked each other about surrender. Um, she knew who Jesus was, but she just wasn't ready, I think, to give up everything. Wow. And so it kind of came down to that question of why, you know, what is it that's holding you back? Um, you know, and once she had found those things out, it was so cool to see her life just sweetly surrendered to Jesus. Hmm. Um and she's a completely changed person after that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's a girl that looks like you. Um, well, maybe she doesn't look like you, but she's in a similar situation. She's um, in, in a very similar background as you. Um, have you had the opportunity to engage? I think there's one example of somebody that was not like you. Yeah, several. <laughs> but um, At least one then. Yeah. <laughs> So that makes me think of my friend, Daryl, um, who was not my friend at the time when I met him. He actually was a resident on my floor that mm-hmm. year, so lived on like the other end of the hallway of me. Um, and he, he had just moved on my floor that semester, and so I had kind of hosted a little like party thing on my floor for people to get to know each other. It was just like a painting thing or whatever. And so a bunch of my residents were out there. We were all just talking, hanging out. Um, it was just, it was a lighthearted, fun time. And so this kid comes in, sits next to me and, you know, we start talking a little bit, find out that he's in a fraternity. Um, not like you. Yeah, definitely not like me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's very flamboyant, um, likes to talk and is fun, funny, like also not like me. I'm very reserved. Um, he's a different skin color than I was. He... 
trying to think of just just all these things you know he just on paper no one would assume for us to be friends and i, I think guess, too there's an say. intimidation about him being a guy you being a girl True. yeah you I know, guess, there's, yeah. there's that barrier i think sometimes it's often i don't know yeah absolutely there. yeah um so yeah so that was you know i on on paper or on the surface level i just think was expected to keep that conversation light um, and I wanted to, but then I heard him say, he was, like, kind of jokingly talking about, like, being type A personality, like, OCD-ish, you know, like, loves order. And I was like, yeah, like, I relate to that, you know? Th- there's a commonality, like, yeah. one small commonality. Um, and I just remember having this this taunting, like, God was like, okay, well, then you need to share your testimony with him right now about mm. how you had to release that anxiety and OCD over to me. And I was like... Well, Jesus, we're kind of in the middle of a lobby with like 15 other people. <laughs> and this is the first time I've ever talked to this kid. So I did it, of course, because whatever. And so, yeah, so as we were talking, it was so, it was just so strange because I felt like that there was, that, again, that tension, you know, do I engage here or do I play it safe? Hmm. Because everything in me is telling me to play it safe. Um, And out of that, honestly, came one of the most beautiful transformations I've ever seen. I remember talking to him and sharing the gospel with him. And um, he had talked before about just how dark his life was. Mm -hmm. Um, Even before we were talking about the Lord and how he just wanted something new. I remember him saying, he's like, Micah, you know, I am looking for something. I just haven't found it yet. That's why he had moved on to my floor, actually. You know, he was trying, he had kind of moved away from his fraternity, moved away from all these things and he was just on this search and he was like i don't know what it is but i'm gonna find it yeah shared the gospel with him and i just remember him looking me right in the eye and he said micah that is the thing i've been looking for how do i get it wow and i was just struck at you know how often have i turned down these opportunities to share with people because it seems like not the right setting or it seems like someone who's different than me you know how how would they relate to me i have no idea um, but the harvest really, truly is plentiful. The laborers are few. Um, and so we, as as Christians, I really believe, are called to be sharing our faith, talking about these things in uncomfortable situations. Because seriously, not even a week later, Daryl surrendered his life to Christ. Wow. I mean, he, came, he wanted to come to church with me. He wanted to read. He wanted to pray, all these things. Um, and I was like, whoa, slow down. <laughs> Nobody, nobody comes to know Jesus that quickly that I've ever seen, um, but he was ready. And I think it's just a, an act of faithfulness for us to be sharing that with people. Wow. That's really good. So, so those are two incredible stories. I'm guessing that you didn't bat a hundred percent over the course of the year. Like not everyone you engaged with turned out to like fall to their knees and give their life to Jesus within two weeks. No. Right? (laughs) Definitely not. And so explain, just talk to me a little bit about that. So I think the base for that for me is um, in 1 Samuel 8, 7, God's kind of talking to Samuel and reassuring him that the rejection that he's going to feel is not a rejection of Samuel himself, but of God. Mm. And that that's not like a weight that he necessarily has to carry. It says, um, And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. 
Um, so I, I just keeping in mind that Jesus won is already won the victory, and mm-hmm. I don't need to stress over that. Um, and two, they're not rejecting me as a person; they're rejecting this gift that God's given them, and that's okay. That's not my job to force that on them, but it's my job to make sure they have the opportunity to hear it. Yeah, and and so yeah, I think. Yeah, it hurt, and I, I cried a lot that year. Yeah. Um, but it was it was a fight for me. It was a war, and I was I was a warrior, and I was going out to battle. Um, and I wasn't fighting against these people. I was I was fighting against darkness that's wow. preventing them from wanting to hear this good news. Um, and yeah, I would get knocked down on my feet, and there would be days where I would not want to do it again because it hurts. And you feel like no one likes you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But man, sticking with that and being faithful and just the fruit that I was able to see from that, these people who I had no formal relationship with and I got to grow with them in that and see their lives transformed. Even one of them is worth 10,000 rejections, in my opinion. Wow. That's awesome. Do you feel like you would have any practical ideas or applications for the ordinary person? As we close? I think what it is, is don't make this too difficult. Yeah. Um, we, are, we are called to love people. And I just, I think over and over of the verse where it says, The harvest is plentiful and the laborers are few. Therefore ask the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest field. And... I just feel like that's true. There's so many people I just feel like I have stumbled upon, truly stumbled upon. Um, And I just felt compelled by Jesus to share the gospel. And they were there. They wanted it. Daryl and Ashley are two great examples of that. Yeah. Of just like stumbling upon these people who I don't have like a ton in common with, really. Um, But I just just had to tell them this, this good news. And if they want it, that is awesome. If they don't, that is okay too. Right. Um, but don't make this more complicated. Don't make it too so strate- so um, strategic um, that you freak yourself out. Just be faithful. Listen to God's um, compelling, you know, compelling you to do these things and love people. Um, and the rest is up to Him. It's really not you. It's not your fancy words or display of the gospel. Yeah, I, I would probably just remind our listeners here that. You said that you didn't even know what you said to Daryl. You don't really remember yeah. that conversation so much. Like, how did how did this whole thing start? And and it isn't as if you were like, oh, there's that opportunity to go into Ashley's room. It was like you stood there awkwardly for a little bit. Yeah, you you were just you were responding in the moment to what what was happening and what God was compelling you to do, and it was natural. It was not some forced pre planned. I've got the. Five points on a note card, and here we go, and I'm going to knock on their door and preach at them. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a very relational way, mm-hmm. but I think they sincerely knew that you loved them. Yeah, and I do, I do want to add, too, though, that natural doesn't mean comfortable. Mm-hmm. And Explain I was, that a little bit. I was very uncomfortable <laughs> talking to these people who I didn't really have relationships with, hmm. you know, scared of what they're going to perceive me as, scared of their rejection. Um But God never once called us to be comfortable. Never. 
he he wants us to be faithful. And so I just I just truly want everyone to know that he will reward this faithfulness. You just need to walk in faithfulness and he will pave the way. Thank you for listening. We are really excited about what God will do with this podcast. And if you share in this excitement or just have found some nuggets to be helpful, please pass it on to someone, I don't know, ordinary. <laughs>